This is Kevin and Chris from Oh the Humanity, and you're listening to our chapter of As the Story Grows. Welcome to the next chapter of As the Story Grows. I'm Ryan Patton. This week, we welcome Chris and Kevin from Massachusetts punk band Oh The Humanity to the podcast. Oh The Humanity will release their new self-titled LP on April 16th on Hellminded Records. Pre-orders are up now. This record is one of my favorites of 2021 so far, so make sure you check it out and enjoy the clips you hear in the show. Kevin and Chris chat about their musical history, including Kevin's transition to frontman, the long road that finally led to Oh the Humanity coming together, and how COVID delayed their upcoming release. So I hope you guys enjoy getting to know Oh the Humanity. I am in Marlboro, Massachusetts. We're both in Massachusetts. Um, The five of us are all scattered around the state. Um, I grew up in Western Mass um, outside of Springfield. Um, Chris is from New Hampshire. You can probably tell you. Yeah, I live in Salem, Massachusetts right now. Um, But I grew up in Southern New Hampshire. Not not too far into New Hampshire. Um, It's like maybe 15, 20 minutes from the Massachusetts border. That's cool. What got you both into music? Um, well, I started playing trumpet in fifth grade. Like a lot of, a lot of kids, you, they pass around the piece of paper in school and say, which <laughs> instrument do you want to play? I was like, uh, the one with the least amount of buttons. So um, I played trumpet all through high school and I, I did that in college too. I went to school for music because uh-huh. I uh, I couldn't think of anything else I could stand doing for four years after high school. Um, but yeah, so I played trumpet since fifth grade, and then I taught myself guitar. Um, like in high school, we had an old beat up guitar that my grandmother had bought me when I was like really little, like way before I should have owned <laughs> a guitar. And then, you know, one day I was just like, I wonder if I could play this thing. So my dad brought it to a music shop and got it set up. And it like, it was intonation was terrible, but it was just like enough for me to like whack away at it and teach myself. Um, and I wasn't good enough at guitar to do that in school, which is why I continued playing trumpet through college. Yeah, that's. That was sort of uh, what got me into music. And then, you know, I played guitar in my first couple bands, not well, but serviceable, you know, for high school bands and, yeah. you know, for local stuff. Um, but trumpet was my main focus for like a really long time. Yeah, if I remember, you were, you were, you could shred the trumpet pretty good, couldn't you? <laughs> yeah, I mean, when 
when I was touring with In the Face in college, it was the old ska band I was in. I mean, we were playing all the time, like oh, yeah. to the point where like, so like school was trumpet all the time. And then, you know, summers were touring, playing trumpet. So it was just like, it was just constant. Haven't been able to get them to, to break out the trumpet for this band yet, though. No. Probably, probably. A good thing, I guess. <laughs> When you have to do something for so long, you know, like, you know, w going to school for, I didn't realize that, but also fall out of love with it when I was forced to do it constantly, you know, when it became work instead of something I enjoyed doing. So yeah, I haven't, I haven't played much, if at all, since then. Yeah, for me, I started listening to music super young. I remember being really young and my dad putting on like Bruce Springsteen records and like Dire Straits records and like, you know, all that kind of like dad rock type stuff. Um, and we would, we would listen to the records and then we would also watch like the live concert videos all the time. And so from a very young age, I remember having a toy guitar and standing in front of the TV, watching them, you know, kind of rock out and sing into the microphone and trying to mimic that sort of thing. So those are some of my earliest memories of being into music. And then when I was probably like 11, like sixth grade, a kid that I was friends with came to school and he brought his guitar for whatever reason. And I remember him playing, like he played like a Nirvana song or something. And I was like, what? That's something you can do? Like, I thought that was something that only these way older people do, you know? And so I remember like really harassing my dad, like, dad, I want a guitar. I want a guitar. I want a guitar. And that was the same year that I was kind of developing my own taste in music. Um, like, like I said, when I was growing up, I was listening to, you know, I was exposed to a lot of the kind of like, like old seventies and early eighties rock music that my dad would always listen to. And around that same year that I, that I got that first guitar was when, I started getting into, like, I remember I had cassettes of like Green Day and The Offspring and Rancid and uh, like Megadeth and Metallica. And then, you know, a bunch of other 90s rock type stuff like Nirvana and pretty much anything that, that you know, a kid with a parted down the middle bowl cut and, you know, <laughs> long, long, uh, jean shorts down past the knees would have oh, been yeah. listening to and like in the mid nineties, you know? Oh yeah. And so I relate. Yeah, I was, <laughs> yeah. I think a lot of people, uh, a lot of people from our, from our age group would relate. I, not that I'm assuming I know how old you are or anything, <laughs> but I was a kid in the nineties and um, yeah. And so I started playing guitar right around that same time. So I just remember trying to learn all these Green Day songs and, you know, doing all right at it and then trying to learn like Megadeth songs and being terrible at it. <laughs> so, yeah, it just kind of went from there uh, to the point that, yeah, a few of the other kids in my school were too. And we got our first band together when we were like 13, maybe with me and me and two other kids uh jimmy and joey and those guys are actually still a couple of my best friends now and we were actually working on a song via like throughout this whole like covid quarantine thing uh -huh. like 
sending sending stuff back and forth and you know one guy would mix it all up um but yeah for me it's always been this kind of like uh social thing like pretty much all my not all but a lot of my friends all just came from from basically just doing that like hey i play guitar i play guitar i play drums oh yeah let's let's go to your house and hang out and drink soda and make noise in the attic or whatever <laughs> That's awesome. Kevin, alongside playing trumpet and guitar, at what point did you realize you could sing? Um, so I guess it was probably in the band I was in in college. So I did, I, I did backing vocals for that band. And, um, you know, we, we played a lot. So like I was in a band in high school that was just kind of like, you know, playing with friends. We play shows every so often, but yeah. it wasn't, you know, it was just kind of like high school stuff. And then the band I was in in college, like, it just, we kind of just hit the ground running. We're just playing all the time. And, um, you know, like three years in, we got home from a long summer tour and our singer just like quit, just left. Um, and like, it was just very abrupt and very weird, but he was gone. And, um, <laughs> I guess I should, this, this is a funny story. So we didn't really know what we were going to do. Um, and we had a lot of like three part harmonies in our, in our, horn parts and in our vocals and you know, we didn't really know what we we're going to do about the the lead singer thing and um we had a show booked in western mass and you know, we all agreed like okay let's just go play it like we'll figure it out um you know my, our guitar player julius will sing some of the songs i'll sing some of the songs we'll piecemeal it together for this one set and we'll figure out a permanent solution going forward and um we got we got into town super early and we went to this bar and we were having beers and I remember the guys bought bought a couple pictures and they just, they handed me a beer and they looked at me and said, you're the singer now. And I was like, <laughs> no, I'm not. And they're like, no, no, yes, you are. You're, you sing for this band now. And I was like, no, we need to talk about this. And they're like, there's no talking about it. You're going to sing for the band now. And uh, so we were playing like, we were playing in East Hampton, which for me growing up was like where we always went to shows and like at the flywheel, it was like this little co-op kind of um venue where you could like volunteer and if you volunteer they'd, they'd let you book one show a month kind of thing and it was like a room that held like 60 people but it was awesome because like all your high school friends would come and it would be it would feel like you know packed out and crazy and uh so like all my friends from high school were going to be there and i was like terrified i was like absolutely terrified which is why they had bought the pictures of beer they're like here you go this will solve the problem and uh and it did it was a ton of fun and so i sang for that band for you know the the next year and a half or two years of its existence. Um, yeah. So that's kind of what I was forced into it is the, the short answer to the long answer I just gave. and that you said that band was in the face yeah yeah we uh yeah we, we played a lot in, in a short amount of time we were a very busy band um more so before that singer i mentioned left than after because he was kind of like the driving force of like 
you know, there's always that person who pushes the momentum forward in a project. He was, he was that for that group. So like, you know, we kept playing and we did some cool stuff after he left, but um, it certainly was not the, the well-oiled machine. It was from a booking perspective, you know, after he left, gotcha. yeah, we were, we were, we were busy boys there for a while. Awesome. Yeah. I found some, some tunes on YouTube. So oh, I'll send you one with my vocals recorded. Those are a little harder to find if you're oh. curious. <laughs> <laughs> for sure. <laughs> Awesome. How did uh, other humanity start? So, so for me, the music thing was always like um, probably more like so. Kevin, I feel like when he was um, growing up and playing in bands and stuff, was probably the one that was more of a you know, active in the scene kind of musician, you know, Kevin, you were, you used to like book shows and things like that. Right. Yeah. Like yeah. I would, yeah, I would book shows at like Moose Lodges and stuff. And like, yeah, I was putting on shows since I was like 16 or 17. Yeah. So I always liked to play shows and everything, but for a long time when I was growing up, our bands were just kind of like, like we would play, we would write songs, we would hang out and, um, but we didn't get that many shows basically. So a lot of times it was more of like a sort of like a personal thing you did with your friends and everything, um, which was the cool thing about joining a band with Kevin. But ultimately um, I was, I had been playing in bands in and out of bands with uh, a couple of the other guys that are, you know, the humanity, our bass player, Andy and our other guitar player, Jim. Um, those guys are both from Haverhill in the town that I grew up in, in New Hampshire was only like 15 minutes away from there so i kind of became friends with them through you know i don't know we were just we just had this whole group of people that all played music and played in different bands and everything and so i ended up playing in a couple of bands with them um a few years before we got over the humanity together but they were kind of like um a little more aggressive than what we do now like it was more uh like metal or uh or hardcore and there were more like kind of breakdowns you know that sort of stuff um but our other guitar player jim had started coming up with uh some of the songs that would become like the first of the humanity songs when we were still kind of doing those more aggressive bands and it was sort of like uh oh instead of having like these kind of screamy vocals we should have we should find someone who can like really sing well and we won't do breakdowns or anything we'll just have like We'll just do these melodic parts instead and i was like oh that's really cool but but uh i still want to keep doing these kinds of bands so we just we just never really did much with those songs and then eventually those bands went away for one reason or another but me and jim the other guitar player like i said were were you know really good friends so we were hanging out all the time anyway so i would go over to his house we would uh just kind of like hang out listen to records we played a lot of chess uh we played a lot of street fighter so we were basically hanging out all the time and we would play guitar. That's just one of the things we've always done together. Um, not necessarily with like, you know, the intention of writing a song or the intention of starting a band, but we would just played a lot of guitar together. And he would play all these different riffs and he'd be like, oh yeah, I think this could work in the same band if we ever got anything together with that other song, with those other songs that was showing you, you know, back a year or two ago. And yeah, eventually we just had, had like four or five of these songs and I started coming up with stuff in that style too. 
and we were like, oh man, we should, we should totally get a band. Neither of us are really active in bands right now. And uh, we played with a few different people. We were playing with this one drummer for a while who is sort of into it, not super into it. We were playing with a couple different bass players. Um, eventually we started playing with Andy, who's our current bass player and who was another guitar player in one of those older bands that I mentioned. And we're like, all right, well, who are our other members going to be? And Andy's brother was in that band in the face with Kevin. So he played saxophone. So we all kind of knew each other, like Kevin and Andy's brother, Kevin went to UMass Lowell. And so there was a whole group of people that we were friends with from UMass Lowell. And uh, UMass was a big music school, right, Kevin? Like a bunch of you guys all went there for for different instruments and music business and, you know, production and recording and all this stuff. Yep. So we, we kind of had this almost like collective of people who would play in each other's bands. Like our other guitar player, Jim, filled in on a tour with In, with, uh, in the Face, right? And, yeah, it was uh, very incestuous there at the end. Yeah, and like Tim, the drummer from In The Face, played in one of me, Jim, and Andy's hardcore bands for a while. So we had this big whole sort of collective of, of musicians that would play in each other's bands and hang out at each other's shows. And we would go to parties at each other's house. And we had been looking for people to join this band for a little while. And eventually I was like, oh, Kevin and Teeny, who was also in In The Face at one point, I was like, those guys aren't in bands anymore. And I had kept seeing them at shows and everything. And I had mentioned that we were trying to put together this sort of like kind of fast punk, but melodic. We want singing and stuff. I mentioned that to Kevin at another show that we were both at. And Kevin was like, oh, yeah, it sounds awesome. I haven't done a band for a little while and I'd love to do one again. I was like, all right, cool. I can't wait to hear from you. <laughs> and, you know, some time went by and I never heard from Kevin. Finally, I emailed him. I'm like, hey, man, did you still want to do that? He was like, yeah, I was waiting for you to call me. I was like, oh, I was waiting for you to call me. But it was one of those things. We were both at a show. You know, we passed each other. We used to work together. So we were kind of catching up on a few things. I mentioned it offhand. And um, yeah, and so we were both kind of like, yeah, that would be awesome if we did a band. But then we just didn't for like another six months. <laughs> and then finally, we we started really like kind of like it had probably been a year or two since the last time I had, I had really been in a band. I had played some shows with my friends' bands and things like that, but um, we were starting to starting to really Jones to like you know have a legitimate band that we could write songs in and you know full lineup, play shows, go out for weekends, record, you know, do the whole thing. And finally, I just. Uh, I just kind of reached out back out to Kevin, reached out to our drummer, whose name is also Chris. We call him Teeny. And I was like, do you guys want to do this? And they're like, oh, yeah, definitely. So we just sent them some be like sort of bedroom demos Jim had made, and they showed up. This was in like December of 2011. And they both like practiced really hard before. <laughs> we thought they were just coming to jam, but they both listened to these demos and really kind of drilled them. And uh, yeah, they showed up and all of a sudden we had songs and within like two months we were playing shows. Um, what was our, our first show was, uh, there, there were, like I said, there was this whole kind of collective of people who all, you know, were friends and played in each other's bands. 
uh, a bunch of people that we knew lived in this one house on West Bower Street in Lowell, Massachusetts. And there was a show happening at kind of like a dive college town bar called Furies. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and it was the, the, the theme of the show was, was all the bands that are going to play, there are going to be like six or seven bands. All the bands that are going to play have someone who lives at this house in it. And uh, our drummer lived in that house at the time. And so we ended up playing and our first show was like packed. You know, you couldn't move in the room because all these bands were pretty well established. And we were like, oh, this isn't how the first show is supposed to go. <laughs> I, think we're get, I think we're getting a little spoiled here. <laughs> but we had a good time and it went over well. And yeah, we just started playing like around Lowell and Boston and, you know, all these other Massachusetts towns like every weekend or a couple of times a month or whatever for that first year. That's cool. Yeah, you guys did a few releases with local Massachusetts label Ocelot. Uh, was there a point where you were like, all right, we want to do this more. We want to take this to a bigger audience or nationally or? Um, yeah, I mean, I think, you know, Steve helped us. Steve is the guy who runs Ocelot Records. He kind of helped us get our stuff together with like putting out a vinyl release because we'd never done that before. Um, and he had helped a couple other, you know, Boston area bands. And I think he's, he put out a release for a New Hampshire band too. Um, so he kind of helped like organize us that way with like, you know, the financial aspect of getting, you know, records printed, like what to prioritize, how, like where you can cut corners, like not with quality, but like where you can save money. Cause mm-hmm. like, it's not cheap to put out vinyl, especially when you're doing it all yourself, you know? Um, so like he helped us organize that process a ton. Like when we were the tired ears EP, when we were, um, getting ready to release that, we were literally like at his apartment, like all in an assembly line, like piecing everything together, like putting it all together ourselves to like, you know, cut corners and and save, save money. So he helped us a ton in that way. And like, he's always just been like a good friend of the band and good dude. Um, but I think with this record, um, his interest in running a label was starting to, to wane. Mm-hmm. And, you know, we were, we were really proud. You know, we've been proud of everything we put out, but this full length, I think we all kind of felt like, like, you know, I think, I think we could probably, you know, chop this around to some, some, you know, you know, bigger label, not bigger label, big labels, but, you know, chop it around. I think we can get some interest. Like I think someone will want us to, to want to help us put this thing out. And so, you know, we tracked this thing for over a year. Um, my wife was pregnant when we started tracking and we had a kid oh, in man. the middle of tracking. So that that changed my timeline a little bit. That pushed back my vocals quite a bit. But um, so we, our last session was what, Chris? It was like the first week of February in 2020 or like the first or second week of February. Yeah, It was like it was right up time. against COVID, I think. Oh, man. Yeah, it was like, it was like just before COVID started. But, uh, but yeah, it was like, as far as like, do we want to push it further? I feel like every, everything we did, we've always kind of 
our goalposts kept moving a little bit further ever since we first started the band. I mean, I remember, I remember when we were first getting together, it was like, oh, some of our friends are going down to New York on the weekends and playing gigs. Oh, that'd be awesome if we got a band together and we could, we could do that. And then you do that. And then it's like, oh, I think we should be able to put together and record like a legit full length. And then you do that and like, oh, we should start doing some tours and playing some festivals. And we started doing that. So it was like, Pretty much every every time we look up, like the goalpost has shifted a little bit further. But yeah, with with this release, it's, I don't think it was quite. It was it was like right around a full year of tracking it. Yeah, and then we, like we went in and we didn't we didn't have it completely written. Like I know we were still working out some weed lines and we were still working out some vocals and things like that. But it had been a little while since we'd recorded anything, and we really wanted to to start recording again. Yeah, and then like we we finished that last session, and then we were mixing, and then COVID happened, <laughs> and then we're like, okay, well, what are we gonna do with this thing? Because you know what we've normally done is you know we put out a record and then we play as many shows as we possibly can. Like that's that's just how we've always done it. So like, how are we gonna do this? Um, and you know we got to talking with Joseph at Hellminded and uh, you know, he helped us kind of visualize like what this could look like in COVID times, you know, without shows. And uh, it's been super cool to partner with him. Um, you know, it's been a long time coming, like, you know, we're at a year since tracking was over, you know, more than that. Yeah. But uh, you know, it feels good. It feels good to finally put it out. And honestly, it's kind of been nice to have something to look forward to. You know, <laughs> we're just at home and not playing out and, you know, we can't get together and work on stuff because we're being safe. Um, so, you know, now that we're finally able to put out some tunes, it, it uh, feels good. Yeah. Yeah. That's cool. Uh, before we dive into the record, how'd you come up with the name of oh, the humanity? I think that was you, Chris, wasn't it? Yeah, I, I don't really know where I got it from, honestly. <laughs> we were asking each other this the other night. We're like, how did how how? <laughs> i think one yeah, of my, I, I, it may have been you i'm not sure who brought it up but it was all kind of like a sure like i don't think anyone was like it was one of those things where anyone was like avid about it it was just like we had a show coming up we were starting to be a band and we needed a name was it and it may have been chris who came up with it i'm not sure but i'm pretty sure it was me i think i was just kind of looking for something that kind of like I don't, I don't even know, really. I think I just wanted something that would sort of like catch the eye a little bit. Um, but uh, I don't know. I was just kind of, and I was also kind of like imagining the, you know, yeah, I, I honestly really can't, can't <laughs> elaborate anymore. I, I don't, I don't really remember, but it was definitely a situation where like, like I said, when we were first starting out, like Kevin and Teeny joined the band and Kevin coming from a band that was super active was like, all right, we're, we're going to start doing shows and we're going to start doing stuff. And we were all kind of like, had been sort of, you know, dragging our asses a little bit until that point. And we were like, okay, cool. We're going to start doing stuff. And then we got on this first show and it was like, all right, we need a name. And I was like, how about, I just threw it out there at practice one day and everyone was, everyone was cool with it.
So it is finally being released April 16th. You talked about Hellminded helping you out uh, as you prepared to release this in COVID times. You've been sitting on this record for a year. Um, what what what's the plan? Like promotion? Obviously, you're you're here podcasting and trying to do interviews. I'm sure, but what's what's the plan for this release and and promotion and music videos or anything like trying to? Yeah, so I mean, yeah, we're we're trying to spread the word as much as we can. Um, we are having a music video made. Um, Chris's friend Justin is anim animating a video for us. It's almost done, um, which I'm super excited about because you know, like I said earlier, we're trying to be really safe, so we're all not getting together. So no, like uh, yeah. you know, live performance video. We actually had a video shoot lined up for March of 2020. No, <laughs> um, and it was going to be like, you know, a bunch of people packed into a room, you know, lots of fast shots and stuff for, for the first uh, single that we have out now, um, which we might reserve the right to do that again, once we can all get together. But uh, yeah, so that got canceled. Um, that was like one of the first things I think we really had canceled on us. Um, the guy who was going to shoot it was like, you know, guys, like this is sounding pretty, pretty serious. Like, I don't think that we should do this. And yeah, I, I think that was like the first, cause we had a bunch of shows booked. We had a bunch of stuff planned and I, I think that was the first thing to fall. But uh, yeah, I feel like that was, we had a, we had a, we had a room booked. We had friends coming. We were going to, we were going to buy lighting. We had this whole thing planned out and it was scheduled for like March 20th or something. And it was only oh, scheduled man. for March 20th because no one could do the other date, which was sometime in February. <laughs> I was thinking back, I was like, oh man, if we'd only gotten it in, we would have had, we would have been sitting on this kind of like cool video for, for the past year. That's wild. But yeah. So I remember I was the one that was texting, uh, that was emailing the venue and I was just like, yeah, I don't think we're going to do it. Maybe we can, maybe we can do it next month. <laughs> little, little did we Whoops. little did we know, like, remember that, like everything that you were doing, you're like, oh, I guess we got to push this back a few weeks. <laughs> yeah, yeah, everything. Just we'll oh, just wait man. till the summer to tour. School will be back up in two weeks. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, so we're yeah. so we we really did want to do a video for the release, and we do still want to do that video concept that we have with uh with with our other friend Dan. But but we were just kind of bouncing around ideas of what we could do without really getting together. A couple of people, their living situations. You know, they're living with people that are um a little more high risk than yeah. maybe some of the rest of us are. So we've been extremely careful about not really, you know, we're following all the rules basically. Yeah. Um, so, um, yeah, we were just kind of brainstorming about what we could do. And, uh, and my friend Justin works in, um, works in, uh, like video production and he does animation and stuff. And I kind of floated it to him about potentially filming something. If we came up with a concept that we could do without, um, without really getting together in close quarters. And he was like, why don't I just animate you something? And I was like, yeah, can you? He was like, sure. You have a, you have a song. And so we sent him the song and uh, we kind of chatted a little bit and Kevin had sort of like an idea about like some imagery that you, that was running through his mind when he, when he would listen to that song or think about that song. And uh, he was like, all right, I'll take that and just run with it. So yeah, he's supposed to, it's supposed to be done probably like this week and hopefully cool. we'll be able to get it out into the world sometime in April, I think. Cool. 
That's cool. Kevin, is there a lyrical theme or themes running through this record? Um, you know, I think less so than, than other things we've put out. Um, you know, I tend to be pretty, um, introspective. I analyze myself a lot and that's kind of like the core of my lyrics, <laughs> the through line anyway. And, uh, and this record was a little different. I mean, I think when I was diving into kind of that same place that I usually go to when I'm writing, I was finding that, um, you know, not to be overly dramatic, but like that person that I was writing about before, I, I'm, I'm not really him anymore. You know, I've changed a lot, grown a lot, life's changed a lot. And um, so I think my perspective on this album was a little different. I was a little less hard on myself. <laughs> um, and uh, yeah, I mean, I think I'm just a, a kind of a happier person, you know, so, you know, not that some of the lyrics aren't, aren't uh, a bummer. <laughs> That's yeah. a lot of, a lot of mine are, um, but you know, a lot of them are, are a little easier on myself i think um it was it was interesting it's like i kind of wrote the lyrics for this album in chunks and um one chunk was after my daughter was born and like the lyrical content didn't change but um my access to time <laughs> changed yeah <laughs> um, which which like forced me to work in a different way which was cool um and then you know towards the end when we were trying to wrap up tracking um, I had brought a couple of things to the studio that I wasn't super thrilled with and Chris actually off to lend hand. And so this was the first time on a record that Chris and I worked together on lyrics, which was really fun too. Um, you know, I'd always kind of taken that on myself as like, this is my task and I have to complete it on my own. Um, but it was, it was cool to work with another person on lyrics. I think we'll probably, probably do some more of that in the future too. That's cool. And musically, it seems like this record's a little more melodic, a little more, I don't, it's not, doesn't have the same hard edge as some of the earlier stuff that I listened to. Is that intentional or just kind of the nature of writing and maturity and trying new things? Yeah. I mean, I won't speak for Chris, but I think, um, I th think record to me is, to me, it's representative of all five of us, like equally contributing where, you know, like on the first full length, you know, it was like one person brought this, these songs and another person brought these songs and maybe we collaborated on a couple of them because it's, you know, your first record, right? So it's all your material that you have and you put it on your first record. Um, I think now that we've put out a few things and we kind of have a stronger identity as a band, you know, our sound, I think this is kind of what we become. You know, so like, I think this record, as you listen to it, you know, all the songs don't sound the same, you know, some are slower, some are faster, some are harder, whatever, some are softer. But I think as you listen through, um, it kind of represents all of us equally, kind of, uh, which I really like about it. I mean, Chris does more of the, the writing of the instrumental stuff. So I'll let him, you know, say his piece. Oh, well, also, I would, some of it was just me and Jim maybe trying to um, keep ourselves interested, you know, experimenting a little different with the, um, a little more with some of the guitar parts than maybe we had in the past. And um, yeah, I don't know, nothing, nothing was really intentional, but um, if, it, if it just came out kind of like the way it came out, I mean, we, we wrote those songs over the course of maybe maybe like a two year period. So 
So maybe even some of the earlier ones are even a little different than some of the later ones. Not that, you know, not that anyone besides us would know which ones are the earlier ones and which yeah. ones are the later ones. <laughs> yeah. But, um, but yeah, I mean, we definitely try to, to keep it interesting for ourselves. Um, at least from the, uh, from the like kind of musical arrangement side of it. I mean, a lot of the times with the guitar parts and stuff, like, like I said, when me and Jim were coming up with the first songs for this, we were just kind of hanging out at his house, playing chess, listening to records, playing video games, coming up with some riffs. We still do that a lot of times. Like if I come up with a riff, I'll go to Jim's house and we'll just sit there and kind of like, we'll just sit there for like two or three hours and work on kind of like the same one or two parts until we have a thing that is sort of, I don't know how, I don't know, interesting, maybe something that we think is interesting. <laughs> and then, um, and then when we bring it to the band, we try and put, play it louder and faster. Thanks for listening to As the Story Grows. Our theme song was written and composed by the legendary Bob Nana. If you like what you hear, subscribe on iTunes and give the show a rating and review. If you'd like to support the show financially, click on the Patreon link at asthestorygrows.com. If you enjoyed this episode, share it on social media with your friends. Much appreciated, and thanks for listening. I never felt so young and-